everybody. What a tremendous blessing it is to be here, and thank you so much, Pastor Kelly, for those wonderful words. I hope half of it is true, and uh, I, I pray so that the Lord truly is using me. It is not lost on me that more than a decade ago, in 2007, the Michigan Conference had asked my father to be a speaker at camp meeting. That started a love affair with Michigan. And now I married a Michigander. Both of my kids were born in Michigan. And now I get the great privilege of pastoring in Michigan. And I love this great state. And the Lord is good, isn't he? To those of you watching online, I just want to give you a warm, soon-to-be Sabbath greeting. And I pray that the Lord is going to speak because I, my deepest desire is for Jesus to be lifted up and for me to not be seen. So let us have a word of prayer together as we get ready to talk about the best book in the world, the Bible. Dear Heavenly Father, what a great privilege it is to be here among brothers and sisters in Christ. Lord, we're living in a time when we need to keep our eyes on you like never before. Lord, I pray that today your word will be spoken and not the ideas of this man. In Jesus' name, amen. I grew up in a very fervent missionary family. And I remember growing up, we spent almost more than 15 years growing up in war-torn areas, going from country to country, and trying to talk about the good news of Jesus. In the midst of all of those wars, I remember asking a question that would ring in my mind. Almost every day, I would hear bombs drop and the ground shake. That question is a question I still ask myself today. If I died, will I be saved? If something happened to me when all is said and done, will I be in heaven when Jesus comes again? I don't know if you've ever asked yourself that question. I don't know if that is a question that you're asking yourself even during this moment. When we're facing a global pandemic and lawlessness seems to abound and the love of many towards one another seems to grow cold. It is a question I ask myself, and I hope you're asking yourself, when Jesus returns, will I be ready? When Jesus returns, will I be ready to cross the finish line when all is said and done? When I look at myself, I do not know how I can be saved. But when I look at Jesus, I do not know how I can be lost. When I look at myself, I say, how, this, how can this be? But as I was reading the Word of God, I've got proof for you today, my friends, that you too can make it. That proof is in the life of Peter. If Peter can make it, you can make it too. That is the simple message of, that I want to preach to you today. That if Peter can make it, you can make it too. 
As I look at the life of Peter, I see in there that there's proof that in 2020, there can be a people ready for the coming of Jesus Christ. Today, what we're going to do as we look at the Word of God, we're going to have a panoramic view of the life of Peter. Peter is a complex character. But we're going to look at Peter before Christ, Peter with Christ, and then Peter after Christ. Are you ready to go on this journey with me, my friends? Oh, that was a very weak amen. Is Jesus alive or dead? Amen. And the Word is alive. So let us get ready to study our Bibles. I hope you have your Bibles with you because we are going to use the Word of God to study the life of this man. Peter, Peter, Peter. If he can make it, you can make it too. Peter before Christ is a very interesting character. In John chapter 1, it talks about him as the Simon, the son of Jonah. We know that Peter was married and found great solace in his Jewish identity. He saw the world through those lenses. He had a brother named Andrew. But the, probably the best description of Peter can be found in Matthew chapter 4 and verse 18. Those of you watching us online, I want to give you some time to get your Bibles if you don't have your Bibles. And get those Bibles because you'll need them. In Matthew chapter 4 and verse 18. Matthew chapter 4 and verse 18. In there, there's a description of Peter before he is with Jesus. Matthew chapter 4 and verse 18. The word there is written this way. And Jesus, walking by the Sea of Galilee, saw two brothers, Simon called Peter and Andrew his brother, casting net into the sea, for they were what, my friends? They were fishers. They were fishermen. Peter was just not a fisherman. He was a fisherman, according to the text, by the Sea of where? By the Sea of Galilee. The lowest freshwater lake. This was hard work. Very hard work. As a matter of fact, if you wanted a good catch, what you'll have to do is in the middle of the night, you will have to go and take your boats and your nets and start to go fishing. One of the reasons why they decided to go in the middle of the night is because they use linen nets that in the dark would be hard to be seen by the fish. Peter would work hard. He had a family to provide for. He had a lot of responsibilities, and there in the middle of the night, he would work and work and work and wait for the fish. But according to Luke chapter 5 and verse 5, go there with me to Luke chapter 5 and verse 5. Let us see what type of man or what type of success Peter had. In Luke chapter 5, verse 5, as the story continues about Peter, as the fisherman, in Luke chapter 5, verse 5, the Bible says it this way. But Simon Peter and said to him, Master, we have told for how long? All night. And caught some fish. What does the Word of God say? We caught nothing. He had struggled as a fisherman. 
sometimes catching nothing. For a boisterous man like Peter, who was very self-confident, it must have been very hard to swallow the reality that he was not a successful fisherman at this point. He was probably at one of his lowest points because I believe that Peter was a hard worker, probably, who wanted to do whatever he can to provide for his family, but as hard as he worked, it was not working. It was not working. At his lowest point, in his most extreme despair, something must happen. When the money has ran out in your family and the love has grown cold, and COVID-19 is changing things around the reality of your life and the tempests of fear and pain and unemployment have come knocking at your door. And your dreams have been shattered to nothing. That is the time when you're at your lowest and Christ is at his strongest. Peter was so low. But Christ was there, and this is the point where Peter's life will change forever because when Jesus is low, Christ, while Peter is low, Christ is high. In Luke chapter 5 again, verse 5, or rather, let's go to verse 4. In Luke chapter 5, verse 4, the story continues. Now we're looking at Peter with Christ. When he had stopped speaking, he said to Simon, Launch out into the deep and let your nets for a catch. But Simon answered and said to him, Master, we have toiled all night and caught nothing. Nevertheless, as your word, I will do what? I will let down the net. And when they had done this, they caught a great number of fish, and their net was doing what, my friends? It was breaking. When Jesus meets Peter, he goes immediately for his most urgent need. As Seventh-day Adventists, we should be foremost in addressing the needs of our community, in seeking to win Christ, in seeking to win them for Christ. The gospel is a spiritual message, but it also involves some social work. If you and I want to win souls for Jesus Christ, we must get our feet and our hands into our communities and address their most urgent need. The gospel is telling us that the most effective things that we can do to win the confidence of people, just like Peter, was that Jesus focused on his need, but the beautiful thing is that Peter realized who Jesus was and could be. Notice Peter is a fisherman, very probably experienced. His success, well, we don't see it yet. But Jesus tells him, cast your net there, and he doesn't say, no, 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 no. That does not work. He does. Listen to the text, my friend. Let's go back to the text. In there, in verse 6, he says, And when they had done this, or verse 5 rather, but... Simon answered and said to him, Master, we have told all night and cut nothing. Nevertheless, at what, my friends? At your word. At your word. 
I will let the net go down. When Jesus tells you something, are you willing to listen to him? That is the difference between fishermen and a fisher of men. When Jesus speaks, do we listen to him today, my friends? When Jesus is saying something, are we ready to say, nevertheless, Jesus, what you say, I will do. It is the difference between a fisherman and a fisher of men. However, Peter's time with Jesus was not all roses and wonderful experiences. As a matter of fact, it was a series of cataclysmic spiritual ups and downs. Whether Peter decided to focus on Christ or on himself. That was the factor with Peter with Christ. Peter had one very human problem, my friends, is that he loved himself too much. He loved himself too much. Whenever he looked at himself, he saw himself as a courageous soldier, ready to take on whatever came because he was Peter, the little rock. But in his eyes, he was a big rock. There he went and there he was. And all this experience from Matthew chapter 10, from walking on water to seeing part of the transfiguration of Christ to engaging in the most favorite topic of the disciples, who will be the greatest? Peter ultimately allowed Satan to use him to try to discourage Jesus from going to Jerusalem. And if Jesus did not go to Jerusalem, my friends, what would have happened? We would have no Savior dying on a cross. You see, when the focus is on myself, and I'm doing God's work, I am one of the most dangerous people around. If my eyes are not focused on Christ when I'm doing Christ's work, I could be telling Jesus, don't die for me. Save yourself. In Matthew chapter 16, Peter's selfish actions ultimately leads him to cut a man's ear off and deny his Savior in Matthew chapter 26, 74, chapter 26 and verse 74, saying loudly and boldly, if you check it in the Scriptures, this is what he says, I do not know the what? The man. I do not know the man. Oh, my friends. From Jesus founding him at his lowest point and helping him have the needs that he has and spending time with him, it reached a point because Peter loved himself so much that when a little girl asked him, are you with that man? He said three times, I do not know that man. I do not know that man. Doing God's work with man's method will only result in man's outcome. Divisiveness, disappointment, and ultimately denial. As a minister of the gospel, this is one of the things that I wrestle the most. Am I working with Christ or am I working against Christ? 
And as Christians, we should ask that question, Lord, am I so focused on myself that I'm trying to do things my own way, and when you see the results of men's ways, it is divisiveness, disappointment, and denial. Christ, perceiving Peter's trajectory, gave him one of the most sharpest rebukes in the Scriptures. In Matthew chapter 16, let's turn there with your Bibles, my friends, to verse 23. In Matthew chapter 16 and verse 23, Jesus does not sugarcoat his words to Peter. Matthew chapter 16, verse 23 to 24. Are you still with me, my friends? Amen. Praise the Lord. Matthew chapter 16, verse 23 to 24. The Bible says it this way. But he turned and said to Peter, Get thee behind me, what, my friends? Satan. You are an offense to me, for you are not mindful of the things of God, but the things of man. Then Jesus said to his disciples so that he was extra clear, If anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and do what, my friends? And follow me. The message is still true for us today in 2020 to our church and to ourselves. The message has not changed. If we want to be on God's side and cross the finish line, we must be willing to deny ourselves. And oh, my friend, it is an ugly process sometimes. Every surgery might require some cutting. And when Jesus starts to take some pieces of our lives, it is so painful. But the end is eternal life. Jesus, seeing what Peter was up to, loving him the most, made one of the last serious appeals to Jesus to Peter. In Matthew chapter 26 and verse 41, I want you to turn there with me. Matthew chapter 26 and verse 41. I told you we'll be using our Bibles, and the more of the word we can have, the more free we shall become. Matthew chapter 26 and verse 41. Jesus pleads with Peter. And there he says the words that Peter needed to hear when he needed it the most. He said simply, watch and do what, my friends? And pray. Lest into temptation the spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. Watch and pray, Peter. Watch and pray, Peter. Jesus called Peter to one of the most important disciplines that could help overcome the gates of hell. That discipline is called prayer. And what the church needs today and what I need more in my life is the willingness to go on my knees more than the willingness to go to a committee. The willingness to go on my knees more to post something fancy on my social media post. The willingness to pray for my brother more than the willingness to try to rebuke him. Jesus said simply to Peter, watch and pray. Watch and pray. 
But when he needed that advice the most, you know the end of the story according to the word of God, Peter fell asleep when he needed to be awake. A revivalist once said, no man is greater than his prayer life. The leader who is not praying is playing. The people who are not praying are straying. Failing here, we fail everywhere. Peter, Peter, Peter. I don't know about you, but I am tired of men's methods to solving spiritual problems such as pride, selfishness, covetousness, favoritism, backbiting, lukewarmness. You call it sin, and it is sin. We need divine solutions. Guided by the Holy Spirit. The guidance of the Holy Spirit is what we need today and what I need today. Not more committees, but more people on their knees. Watch and pray. Watch and pray, Peter. Ellen G. White, one of my favorite authors. In the book, Thoughts from the Mount of Blessings, page 17. She says there very plainly, and I quote, It is the love of self that destroys our peace. It is the love of self that destroys our peace. Peter was full of himself, and he denied his Lord when it mattered the most. Christ must increase and I must decrease if we're going to make it to the end of time, my friends. If we're going to cross that finish line, and I can tell you it can be hard, one of the most intense decisions I ever met, made was to what they call run an Ironman. It is a race of 140.6 miles. A pastor sitting there, I was a pastor, and I'm going to be blunt with you, I was quite overweight from thinking about the weight of the world. But I decided that, you know what, I'm going to do something out of my comfort zone, and why not go all the way to 140 miles? I could not finish a 5K without stopping and walking. I was also inspired by my conference secretary, who married my wife and I, who performed the ceremony for my wife and I, and I knew he was a runner. And I said, if that man can do it, I could do it too. I lost 50 pounds. But then in the race, after doing about 100 miles of biking, I realized at the end of my biking, I had to run a marathon. And I said, I'm about to die on the road. I've already lost, according to my calculations of the amount of calories that I lost, I had already lost at that point about four pounds just on that 100-mile bike race. They're deciding now to run a marathon. I remember the finish line just looked like a dream to me. One step after another step. If I looked at myself and felt the pain that I was experiencing with my skin stuck to my shoe, 
And I'm sorry, my friends, my nail kind of going backwards. I would have stopped the race right there. As a matter of fact, there were posters that were shown as I was running my marathon that said this, you paid X amount to do this? And I thought, I started to make all the calculations of the amount of money I invested in this race, and I said, I paid this amount to suffer? But when you're looking forward to the finish, you cannot look at how you're feeling or how hard it is. You must remember and fall back on your training. That if you have been faithful in the little things, you will be able to do the big things. And in my training, I had done a 100-mile bike ride. I had run a marathon, and I knew that I could finish. But what I needed in my mind was to know that there were also people that were in worse shape than I was. There was a lady with almost no legs, a man in his 70s who passed me while I was running my marathon, A man who could hardly even keep his poster straight, who had to look at me like this and kept running. And I said, if that man can make it, I can make it too. At the end of 13 hours of grueling pain, I had crossed the finish line. But it was because I had a vision in my mind, the inspiration, that knowing that if this person can make it, I can make it too. And if Peter could make it, I can make it too. At this point, as we go back, Peter has had an utter failure. He has, de he has disappointed his Lord, denied his Lord. But here's something I hope you remember, my friends. The greatness of a Christian man and a Christian woman is not how many times they are right, but the attitude they choose to possess when God shows them that they are wrong and lays their pride in the dust. For Judas, when he realized what happened, what did he decide to do? He decided to kill himself rather than to repent. But for Peter... When he saw the true nature of his heart, he decided that it was better to be with Christ than have silver or gold or prestige. It was better to be with Christ than to have all the world and lose his soul. It was better to be with Christ. Than to have self be put on a pedestal. Peter must have known that as he saw that Savior of his hanging on the cross with that blood spilling and flowing freely, that that blood was for him too. Have you taken the Lord's name in vain in your life? Maybe in your, I don't know, maybe in your social media you have not been the best of Christian. Maybe with your spouse, you have not been the best example. Maybe you get very frustrated at your kids because they remind you of your faults and weaknesses. 
I've got proof for you today that failure does not have to be your end. Amen? For if Peter failed as well, Jesus was not yet done with him. Though he had heard Jesus probably the most out of all the disciples, Jesus still was the one who loved him the most. Whether the disciples considered Peter as one of them or not, it did not matter to Christ because Christ had a vision for his life because he's the one who made him. And he's the only one who can set the goal for his entire life. One of the best advices I got growing up was that don't let anybody tell you what you cannot and can do. For none of them made you, but Christ did. And he has hope in you. Go with me to John chapter 21, verse 15 to 17. At this point, Peter is at his lowest. I got to soon land this plane. John chapter 21, verse 15 to 17. John chapter 21, verse 15 to 17. The Bible says it this way. So when they had eaten breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter. Now I've got to remind you the context of this text is that at this point, the disciples had chosen as well to follow Peter to go out fishing. But if you remember the story carefully, as the disciples followed Jesus, well, Peter to go out fishing, what happened to their catch? They got nothing. Jesus again shows up, so when he prepares for them breakfast, Jesus then says to Simon Peter, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me more than these? He said to him, yes, Lord, you know I love you. He said to him again, he said to him, feed my lambs. He said to him again a second time, Simon, son of Jonah, do you what, my friends? Do you love me? He said, Peter said, Yes, Lord, you know I love you. He said to him, Tend my sheep. He said to him again a third time, Simon, son of Jonah, Do you love me? Peter was grieved because he said to him the third time, Do you love me? me. This interaction at first looking at the word of God might seem like, well, Jesus likes to repeat himself. Preachers could be accused of that too. But in this case, Jesus was trying to make a point to Peter. I love the way how in Acts of the Apostles, page 516, Ellen G. White comments about this interaction, and I quote, Christ mentioned to Peter only one condition of service. Lovest thou me? This is the essential qualification. Though Peter might possess every other, yet without the love of Christ, he could not be a faithful shepherd of the flock of God. Knowledge, benevolence, eloquence, zeal, all are essential in the good work. But without the love of Christ in the heart, the work of the Christian is a failure. The work of a Christian is a failure. My message to you and me today is very simple. 
do we love God? Michigan, do you love Jesus? Those of you watching us online, do you love Jesus? Will you still love Jesus even when he lays your pride in the dust to save you? Peter after Christ is a wonderful testimony to what Jesus can do in the life of a man. After this encounter with Jesus, Peter is not the same again. As a matter of fact, he is filled with the Holy Spirit because hopefully by now he has learned to watch and pray. He is a preacher of righteousness, preaching boldly for Christ. And the testimony of his commitment to Christ is found in Acts chapter 2, verse 40 and 42. Turn there with me to Acts chapter 2, verse 40 to 42. In there, the word of God says these words about the preaching of Peter. And it says, with many other words, he testified and exhorted them, saying, Be saved from this perverse generation. Then those who gladly received his words were what, my friends? They were baptized. Oh, I only heard Pastor Kelly. He says, Then those who gladly received his words were what? Baptized. And that day about 3,000 souls were added to them. And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship, in the breaking of bread, and this is my favorite part, in what, my friends? In prayers. No man is greater than his prayer life. The leader who does not pray is plain. And the people who are not praying are strained. Peter understood that when you are adding souls to your membership, you have to help them be filled with the Holy Spirit. That it doesn't only stop in the baptismal tank, but this is the work till Jesus shall come. Continuing in the Word and in prayer. How is your prayer life today? How is my prayer life today? Am I so consumed by the media and all the things that are going on that I've forgotten to look to Jesus and ask Him to help me? Peter realized that what he needed was Jesus. The more Jesus increased in his life, the more he would decrease. But the way up is to go down on your knees. If you and I want to cross the finish line just like Peter and be the people of Revelation chapter 14, verse 12, our identity in Christ and his prophetic calling must be the supreme creed that we have in this life. We cannot get distracted in our calling and focus so much on ourselves. In a scared world today, we need a fearless church. The world is afraid. And we have the truth by God's grace. But what they need to see 
is a loving and fearless Christian who is willing to do whatever it takes to see them in the kingdom of God. We cannot be playing. We must be praying. I want to end with this story. As I was traveling in one of my church district, one of the things that I enjoyed to do the most was going to the prison. Not because I thought that they needed me, but I, in some ways, needed them. There were some of the most converted guys in that cell. Some of them, you, I don't know their background, and I didn't want to know. But they would sing from their memories the hymn book. I would need a hymn book and say this number, and what they would do, they would just sing it. And I would have to have the hymn book in my hand. I would say a Bible verse, and they would know it. There I was one day talking about a message similar to this one. And I quoted the words from John 3.16, For God so loved the world that he did what, my friends? That he gave his only begotten Son, so that whomsoever believes in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. I remember there was a guy in there, and he was a lifer, meaning he was there for life. In this special prison, they had the highest rated maximum security for a state. There was level one, level two, no level three, but level four. And this guy was a level four. He looked at me, and when he looked at me, I did not know if he was going to jump me or what was going on. I started to get my hand close to this button that they give you. It's this big thing, and it has a big red button, and you press it if you feel threatened. I started to put my hand there because he looked at me so intensely. He started to almost get closer to me. And the words that he said, he says, Pastor, he said, are those words true? I said, of course, it's John 3.16. It's true. He says, no, 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 no. Are you serious that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son for a man like me? I knew he was a lifer. I knew he was there for his entire life. And at this moment, it really hit me that for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son for a man just like you. He said, if that is true, I will follow Jesus. If Peter can make it, my friends, you can make it too. My appeal to you today as the our sisters are going to sing. It's very simple. Do you love Jesus? And what will keep you away from spending eternity with Him? Do you love Jesus? Do you love Jesus? Do you love Jesus? This media was brought to you by Audioverse a website dedicated to spreading God's word through free sermon audio and much more. 
If you would like to know more about Audioverse, or if you would like to listen to more sermons, please visit www.audioverse.org.